0: Hey y'all, it's Wren, and this is the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Every time you download an episode of the Friends of a Feather podcast, I want for you to feel seen by God, to feel encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents He has given you. Hey, hey, friends. I'm so excited. This is going to be my conversation with Michelle Dyer, my Enneagram expert friend, and we're going to be talking about the eighth personality type on the Enneagram, the challenger. I am so glad and thankful for Michelle for coming on and teaching us so much about the Enneagram. I have learned so much, but I wanted to tell you that the question and answer episode is coming up on August 9th. So maybe you're like me, and you've listened to the episodes, and you have a question that is just on your mind that you've got to get answered. We have taken care of that for you. On August 9th, we will be airing the question and answer episode when Michelle will answer your Enneagram questions. So there are a few ways that you can send us your questions. You can email me at friendsofafeatherpodcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message me or on Instagram, private message me. There's one more way that you can do it if you're feeling extra brave. You can record your question on the Voice Recorder app and then click the arrow at the bottom and send it to me through email at friendsofafeather.com podcast at gmail.com and i will put it in the episode i cannot wait the questions are coming in and so we only have a couple more spots so if you have a question that you're dying to get answered let me know i cannot wait to hear from you okay y'all let's get to it this is my conversation with michelle about the enneagram eight the
1: challenger all right. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Michelle. Hello, Wren. It is so fun to be with you, as always.
0: <laughs> we are now on the Enneagram 8, the Challenger, and I'm looking forward to this. We only, which is so crazy to think about, we only have two more uh, episodes, two more Enneagram types that we're talking about. I can't believe it. It's gone so fast. It really so has. has. You've been excellent. I have understood each type one through seven already so much better. So I appreciate you just coming on and giving us all of your knowledge and your wisdom about these Enneagram types to help us when we are in relationships with the different types.
1: Well, I'm glad it's been helpful. It's pure fun for me to get to talk about this. So thank you for having me and letting me do it.
0: Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit later where everybody can find you, but you are launching a new website called anyamom.com. And so I can't wait for us just to go a little bit more, one step further with this and mm-hmm. to see how the Enneagram will relate to motherhood and parenting. And I know everybody's really looking forward to that. Uh, and so anyway, let's go ahead with this, but I'm looking forward to hearing all the wisdom that you have uh, in that realm.
1: I'm excited about it, too. I think we'll learn a lot together as we talk to different moms and see how their type expresses itself, you know, through their parenting. So thanks for letting me announce that and for being such a catalyst for me in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about the resources that you're going to be able to offer. So, Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more, but let's go ahead and jump into the eight. And I have read from the road back to you, the book I've been reading by Ian Cron and Susan Stabile that they, the eights are called the challenger. Have you heard it a little bit different? Yes.
1: I have heard of them um, being termed the active controller Um, so, you know, sort of stiplifying a person who likes to control situations, to be in charge, you know, these are powerful people. And so I think both of those names really are terrific in helping, you know, summarize what an eight looks like.
0: Okay. So we can kind of go and talk about what is a health, what is a healthy type eight look like? And then on the other end is what does an unhealthy eight look like? What are maybe the positive things about this personality and maybe some of the more challenging things about this personality?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question because I think a lot of times just with Enneagram in general, when we look at a type, we tend to, for some reason, we tend to see the negative aspects of that trait Mm -hmm. or that type. So, you know, I love reminding people, let's look at what that person looks like as a healthy type. Mm-hmm. So a healthy eight is just a powerhouse, you know, a person who is a presence when they walk into a room, um, they are protective. They are really the sort of purveyors of justice. You know, they're making sure that they are, protect others, that they are looking out like sixes. They're sort of looking out for the greater good. Mm. Um, And they just have a real influence in our world to direct people to what is the right thing and what is the, the good thing for all of us to do. So it's an interesting thing because I think if, you know, we look at the unhealthy eight, We can kind of tend to get hung up on the qualities about what that tough exterior and that powerful exterior communicates to people, Um, maybe even unintentionally, you know, being overbearing or insensitive or confrontational or even maybe overprotective. So um, there is always two sides to the coin you know and i think the the powerful healthy eight is really a force to be reckoned with hmm.
0: i think that's great to see yes that there's uh an unhealthy side of each enneagram type really and then but to bring out those positives because i think that's what encourages people is yes. encouraging them in that type or in a relationship with that type and you have um, someone very close to you that is an Enneagram eight, (laughs) your husband.
1: Why? Yes I do. Uh, Yeah. And it has been incredibly enlightening. Of course, I've been doing temperament things study for a long time and I've talked a little bit about my marriage and how it's been so insightful because John and I are just basically night and day different. So Enneagram was just next level in helping us discover some new things about each other. And golly gee whiz, has it been incredibly helpful for me to see him and understand the eight in his personality and what that means. Some things that maybe disc or Myers-Briggs just didn't explain. Okay.
0: Well, and that's, that's really what started me to really get involved with learning about the Enneagram and really excited about it because of just seeing how it has helped me in my marriage with Jim, just in yeah. our relationship. It's really opened my eyes and giving me so much insight into how he processes things versus how I process things. And it has totally been a, an awesome help to me.
1: Excellent. I love these types of assessments for that reason. So, yeah, Yeah,
0: I think it's great. Okay. So when we're talking about Enneagram 8, uh, either a healthy side or, and, and also we can say not just I mean, we don't have to see things in black and white with unhealthy or healthy. We can also see things as an average, like yeah. that they might go through a struggle. I mean, I, thinking back, <laughs> I have to bring this up because uh, thinking back to the six of how, you know, it's a daily thing with me to not, Uh, To when I have a thought of worst case scenario, what if, what if I have to take that thought captive and I've got to stand on the promises of God. And last night we found a tick on my son. Girl, that is not... That is not really? where a six wants to be. I just know right now a six does not want to be there when her husband is out of town. That is oh, not where no. I want to be. Thankfully my mom was here bringing uh, Easton back home. They, he had spent the day with them after church and she's like, this is a tick. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And so we're, you know, getting oh, oh girl. It was the worst. <laughs> and all I could think of was worst case scenario, you know, and yeah. then mom said, and then I'm looking at her, she's over there. And after, you know, after the drama of it, and I said, but you know what, <laughs> on, on my ca- uh, my, um, my talk with Michelle on the Enneagram six, AKA my counseling session, <laughs> Michelle would say, Ren, this is the time to remember, I, I told myself, take that thought captive. And then she, and then I thought Michelle would say, this is a time to remember that God, it will be with you no matter what, even if the worst case scenario happens, he will be right there with you, Ren. And I was That's like, powerful. yes. And that was powerful. So <laughs> I just had Good to... For it but Good it for is, you. Good for you. A plus. <laughs> it is the average, you know, you can have an unhealthy moment and then the next moment is healthy, you know? So mm-hmm. it is a moment, by yes. moment and it's most of us fall in the average range. We do. Um, yeah. Anyway, talk to me about um, the stretch and the release of a challenger.
1: Yes. Okay. So... The stretch is, uh, the five for the eight. Mm, so okay. to, to explain why that is, I have to give a little bit of context and that is the eights tend to be body focused. And uh, that means that they're just physical beings. They are doers. They react physically to situations, um, It just, there's so much of them that is really intensely wrapped up in how their body reacts to things. Mm. So a stretch for an eight is the five, which is much more mind centered, centered on the intellect, centered on thinking. And an eight can really have a strong pathway to growth by taking time to feed their mind, taking time to think through logically, why is my body reacting this way? Or why was my physical reaction um, so naturally going to be this? So applying logic, feeding their intellect can really help an eight to grow and to become even that much more effective in what they are doing in their daily activities. So an example of that, um, one of my very dearest friends is an eight and she has recently turned 50 and I've just seen this incredible transformation in her. We've been working through using Enneagram. And it really unbeknownst to her, she started really feeding her intellect. She started listening to podcasts, reading more, trying to have greater understanding about why she'd always reacted to certain things the way she had. Mm. Studying herself, studying others, studying leadership, studying you know, all kinds of things that would help her just basically add to some of those natural instincts and intuition that she's got. Applying logic there has really been a great growth pattern for her.
0: Mm, that's neat. I like to hear that, you know, of an example of how this is really uh, yeah. helping someone that is wanting to um to go to that stretch.
1: Yeah, because I think eights do so much out of instinct. mm they don't necessarily take time to think through why they're doing what they're doing or applying logic of all the context and background of what's led up to them taking that action. Mm. So when they start doing that, it just gives them like a the superpower of being able to, um, not only act on those instincts, but understand what all went into that decision making so quickly, mm. uh, which just gives them a nice, robust, decision-making process, if you will. Mm, Okay. So
0: um, that's the stretch is where they go to a five. What is the release for the Enneagram eight?
1: Okay. The release for the eight is the two. So if you remember back to when we talked about the twos, twos are our feeling folks, Mm -hmm. you know, they're um, highly feeling oriented. They're helpful. They're considerate. They're compassionate. So for an eight to to the two can really help them incorporate some of the compassion mm. around that natural sense of justice that they have. Okay. So eights are wanting to take care of other people. That's not something we always think of as associated with an eight because they have kind of this barbed wire exterior, mm-hmm. but I had an eight express to me that, you know, he really feels like a marshmallow wrapped in barbed wire. Oh, interesting. There's so much um, vulnerability, feeling, compassion inside that drives them to want to take care of other people and to be tough for other people and stand up for justice. Mm -hmm. But the release for them can come in going over to that too and realizing all of those deep down feelings of compassion and mercy and care and letting that be shown. You know, because Mm. really an eight, um, their tough exterior is really a defense mechanism Mm. for the vulnerability they feel inside and don't want to feel. Mm. That's good. You know, we assume that there's just this hard inner self when really it's just a, a hard candy shell. You know, gotcha. inside is <laughs> a yeah. lot of sweetness, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that may, it's like they're big teddy bears inside, but they have a, a tough exterior on the outside.
1: Yes, and some aids have a harder time than others tapping into sure. that, depending on the amount of a lot of it. You know, there's a theory that most aids have experienced some sort of turmoil or trauma as a child that made them form that out outer exterior that's really tough, barbed wire. Okay. Um, so that they're never hurt like that again. Mm. And, you know, I've, to be honest, the eights that I know, I think that that's very possible. I see that in their stories. I don't know that it has to always be possible, but that can even factor back to somebody who was bullied as a child mm, and learn to stand up for themselves, learn to toughen up and have a thicker skin, if you will.
0: Well, and I just recently saw something on Instagram that it was a graphic and it had something about the eights and it said, my people are my people. Like mm-hmm. they are very, like you said, very protective over yes people that are closest to them, which I yeah. think that's, I think that's wonderful. I think that's a great quality trait. To have. One
1: of their superpowers, frankly, you okay. know, because an eight- is never going to say gosh i don't know what to do you know Mm, they may think that inside but boy do they come across with confidence and decisiveness on the exterior so yes that's true
0: hey y'all i wanted to jump into the middle of this episode and tell you something that you will not want to miss out on you know my favorite journal is my prayer journal by val marie paper I have interviewed Val twice on the podcast, and Val and her team have been highly supportive of me and of the podcast, and I want to tell you that they have a huge sale going on right now. So if you have been toying with the idea of trying out one of their six-month prayer journals or the Fresh Start, which is the one I first started with, go to wrenrobbins.com favorites, and you can get some goodies to stock up on for Christmas presents for your friends, your mom, or even yourself. This is a great time to do it because everything in their shop is 30% off. I got the prayer journal for men and then also the kids prayer journal. Now, their Fresh Start journals are usually $14, and I got it for $10. I didn't want you to miss out on this awesome sale, so through the end of July, you can get 30% off everything in their shop. Just go to renrobbinscom favorites, and you can find my affiliate link there. Okay, back to the show. Okay. So in the road back to you, the book, I realized that they started the book. I think they grouped them in the three triads. The eight, nine, and one is more of like the gut triad. We about two threes and fours is feeling five, six, and seven is the thinking triad. So tell me a little bit about that, that the eights, nines, and ones are more of the gut. What does that mean?
1: Well, sometimes you'll hear that referred to as body. Earlier, I was. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Energy. Yes. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I think it goes back to, you know, a um, couple different things. First of all, when you reference it as a body triad, you're talking about these people react to things physically. Mm. Or others might react to it with feeling or they might react with thinking. So these okay. people just have sort of this physicality about them that manifests and, um, their bodies reacting. Okay. Okay. Um, And then the gut sort of signifies that they're more instinctive. Um, they don't think about things or feel about things on a first impulse. They just react to it physically. Mm. So A lot of times in our language we say it's just a gut feeling, you know, um, by that we mean that we're feeling it physically not so much emotionally or logically.
0: Mm. Okay, okay, that makes sense, that really does. I love that, that it's in the three triads. Okay, talk to me a little bit about um, how are eights loved? How, How do they really,
1: how do we give them that love? I really had to think through this, um, Mm. which is interesting considering I'm married to an eight, which hopefully is not a sad commentary on my ability as a (laughs) wife, my dear husband. Uh. Um, I think it's kind of counterintuitive with eights Mm. because we associate feelings with love. So I think that really what we have to realize about eights is first of all, they are, they need us to realize that it takes time for them to get into the zone of processing their feelings. Mm. So if we give an allowance, especially if we're in the feeling triad, the two, three, or four, mm-hmm. to realize an aid is not going to naturally be in touch with their feelings. They're going to need some time and some space to help for, and for us to help them process what those feelings might be Okay. Um, that can just giving them grace, not having the expectation that they are feeling their way through life. Cause they're not, Gotcha. Um, they it's almost impossible for me to understand actually. So what I've learned about my husband is if we're in a deep discussion and I'm pouring out my feelings, I cannot expect for him to reciprocate mm. unless I give him some time and maybe draw it out of him. The other thing is an aid is not going to do that with just anyone. There's going to be a strong, there's got to be a strong level of trust Mm -hmm. for them to feel like they can be vulnerable, go beneath the exterior of that barbed wire, you know, to show that vulnerability. But, you know, just knowing that it's there and also not assuming that they're just cold hearted creatures. They're not, Mm -hmm. they're just, using that as a defense mechanism. So we have to have patience as they sort and sift through and learn to express their feelings.
0: Well, I, this is perfect because it goes along exactly with what the quote that I wanted to share. And it's in the book road, the road back to you. And it says, feel honored when an eight displays tenderness or shares vulnerable feelings thoughts, and feelings with you. A Mm. big problem for eights is confusing vulnerability for weakness. So they rarely let down their guard to allow others to see their fragility or their deep desire to be understood and loved. That's why eights are often attracted to Enneagram feeling types, two, three, and four, who can help them get in touch with and outwardly express their affection.
1: Beautiful. Yes, that's exactly. And you will see oftentimes eights and twos paired up, you know, or <laughs> nines and threes paired up, you know, so. That is really so,
0: amazing. that is so neat.
1: Awesome. I,
0: this is so crazy. I don't know if I'm going to include this on the episode, uh, the episode, but I saw my friends yesterday that I actually set up. Um, my friend uh, has been, um, they've been dating since I guess May 1st was their first date. And I literally, walked up to this guy that I only knew for like two weeks and was like, Hey, do you, are you interested in a girl? That is great. Anyway, <laughs> they have been dating ever since. And she, they realized their Enneagram number. He's an eight. And she's a two. I'm like, nice. boom. Right. When you just said that, I was like, yep.
1: So Drop that was, mic. I that was Drops mic. it is interesting to see, you know, how we can pull those things out of each other and how we'll naturally want that, even though it's counterintuitive. Yeah. So,
0: Yeah, and just like your husband, he married you
1: because of that. One of the reasons. (laughs) That's right. Those are the very same things that make you want to strangle each other later on here. So, (laughs) you know, it's a
0: double-edged sword. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, real quick before we ask the last question. um, What is, can you tell me real quickly about what an Enneagram 8 wing 7 look like and an Enneagram 8 wing 9 might
1: look like? What might they look like? Okay. So and it really is marvelous to me that the eight and the nine are near each other. I Mm. think I haven't quite come up with terminology to describe. I think paradox is kind of an interesting thing because they are so different. Yeah. Yet they have some similar characteristics, you know, the nine we're going to talk about in our next episode being the peacemaker being the one who is more passive, the eight being the powerhouse who is, you know, controlling and, um, direct. So I think when an eight has a nine, a strong nine wing, there is this interesting tension within them between wanting to be a powerful presence and wanting to be more passive and, not confrontational. So there tends to be, my husband is an eight with a strong nine wing Mm. and it's almost like he has very strong um, tendencies to choose his battles. And when he chooses a battle watch out But most of the time he is pretty measured and pretty able and apt to shy away from confrontation. Okay. So it's almost a a duplicitous, Mm -hmm. very complex state of mind and state of being, you know. Um, The eight wing seven is a little bit more, I think, predictable, a little bit more, uh, makes a little bit more sense. Eight wing seven folks are incredibly adventurous. You know, these people are the people who live life large, um, they are really out for the next opportunity. And not only is it going to be a next opportunity, but man, it is going to be explosively exciting. Wow. So they are the daredevils, the adrenaline seekers, you know, the people that, take this life and just to the next level, live it big. So I kind of think our current president, Donald Trump, is an eight wing seven. Gotcha. Um, You know, with him, everything is huge, right? Everything in his campaign was next level. And so that's kind of what you experience with a person who's an eight wing seven.
0: Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Tell me how the gospel intersects the life of an eight. How how do you see that in in an Enneagram 8?
1: I think it has a lot to do with trust and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, 8s live their life without having to need anyone or anything else. Very independent, fiercely independent. Mm -hmm. Um, They assume a lot of control because that is where they feel safe, is when they're in control. Mm -hmm. So for an eight to relinquish control to Jesus is an incredibly difficult thing. Mm. But when they do, when they can grasp that their weakness is really power because it is where Jesus comes and shines through them, Mm. that person is again, a force to be reckoned with in terms of, you know, kingdom development, Mm-hmm. And furtherance and purveying the gospel. So it's interesting because many of our senior pastors of mega churches are eights who mm-hmm. have grasped that truth. And, you know, they are people who are visionaries, they see the big picture, they see possibilities, you know, and they really do experience God in just such a powerful way because they trust him, they trust his power. They see the warrior side of God mm. that is, yeah. you know, powerful in this world. And they're world changers, frankly, yeah. when they yeah. when they have gospel transformation. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit before we, um, before we end this episode about some of those, um, men and women that are famous, that are famous eights. Yes. Um, I think I read about Martin Luther King Jr., that he was an eight, which yes. I can see that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: also um, in a negative light, Joseph Stalin.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, and something that's just occurring to me as we're talking is how an eight has this, you know, this powerful presence. And be, because of that, there's like these incredible extremes be, between mm-hmm good and or healthy and not healthy. So yeah, you mentioned Stalin as an unhealthy eight. Most definitely. I think a lot of our powerful tyrant dictators have been eights and mm-hmm. you know, they have this tendency to megalomaniac, which is somebody who absolutely has this incredibly detrimental alter ego. Mm-hmm. Um, unhealthy, a tyrant basically
0: mm.
1: so there's that potential but then there's also the potential of someone like Martin Luther who mm. Martin Luther King who was an incredible world changer mm. um, again seeing the gospel transformation in his life and wanting so much to make a huge difference and making that difference so
0: mm. yeah
1: big extremes
0: mm, mm. that's interesting There's so much (laughs) with each one, but um, Michelle, tell
1: us where we can find you online. Yes. So you can find me on Facebook. It's Michelle Martz, M-A-R-T-Z, Dyer, D like David, Y-E-R. You can find me on Instagram. I think it's, you know, just Google Michelle or Insta, Michelle Dyer. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn profiles, Michelle Dyer. So, or you can email me at Michelle at Insights. Org.
0: Perfect. And all of that is in the show notes uh, or on my webpage at rennrobbins.com slash podcast on each episode of the Enneagram. So we are going to round this out. Go to mom.com to sign up for some free resources that are coming out from Michelle. And we're going to be excited about that. So we will see you next time for the Enneagram 9, The Peacemaker. Thanks, Michelle.
1: Can't
0: wait. Thanks, Fred. Wow. I am enjoying listening to Michelle talk about each Enneagram number. And we're not finished yet. We have one more episode when we talk about the Enneagram 9. The Peacemaker. And I am super invested in this one because both of my parents are Enneagram 9s. They are very different. So that's why I cannot wait to talk to Michelle about them and their wings and maybe subtypes. But I hope this has been helpful to you. It has really been insightful for me. And I would love for you to go and leave a podcast review. If you've never done it, go to your podcast app, type in and friends of a feather and leave a five-star rating. I would love that. And one or two lines about what you're loving about the podcast. Okay. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Remember we're all friends of a feather. So let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye friends.